0: I've almost finished my beer already and we haven't even started. So <laughs> What do I, you boys say we get the album uh you know uh let's let's talk about this album shall we gentlemen? We shall.
1: Uh, and just to clarify if you if you get whiskey you can sip it which is what I'm doing and it's not gone yet and I feel good about myself.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, just straight to the uh straight to the whiskey versus beer. Yeah. I mean Look, Shit happens, and that's our life. <laughs> and that's that's all it is. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Bad Bandmates. <laughs> My name is Josh. No, it's not. You silly little bitch. <laughs> uh this is nate and uh i was just trying to be josh for a minute so um this thou, is nate thou shalt never be me i don't know if shat is the right word to <laughs> use there didn't i say shant did i say shat i, think I meant you, to say shant well either way thou shat thou shant okay I'll, and, I'll be
1: quiet i'll be quiet i'll be quiet go ahead
0: <laughs> so this is bad bandmates um, I'm Nate as we've established even though I said I was Josh uh, and then I'm uh, Josh that is Josh and we have a continued guest uh, if you listen to our last episode you'll know who it is uh, we have Lambo on the on the podcast with us today.
2: Hi guys you should have like a, a clap track
1: that's why. That's why I clap so I remember. Yeah, I remember like
0: youtubecom yep, dot yep. slash free applause. Forward slash track. Re,
2: yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and anyways, uh, we but you got to get the one. You got to get the one from like I don't know Metallica in Moscow when it's just like millions of people screaming at the <laughs> same time.
0: Right, they're all chanting "Lars sucks, Lars sucks, (laughs) Lars." That's that's a whole topic for another day. Which I think we should suck. I think we should Uh, dive into. Oh my
1: god! I'll do a Metallica episode. I fucking hate that band.
2: (laughs) All right, next time I'm on, let's just do a Metallica album. Oh my god, dude!
0: Oh, dude! I'm actually really excited, <laughs> and I'll
2: let I'll let you guys pick because Metallica is one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, really? Except for their, oh ex, except for their newer stuff, I was always I like their older stuff. Like Certainly, Black Album that was Black Album is what I grew up on, and I, I still love that shit. But St. anger can go fuck itself,
0: right? I mean, the snare was at least the best sounding on that album, right, Lambo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those who have never listened uh, to Saint Anger, uh, just just please listen to any track on there, and this, yeah. the this snare in particular. But we're not it's,
2: we're not talking about Saint Anger. We're, nuts. we're not. We're <laughs>
0: not. We're, not. we're nuts. No. So God. Well, we could just talk with Lambo for hours. Just, so I mean, so
2: often. I know it's, it's it's hard. I'm sorry. I pull you off. Don't real
1: apologize. Quick. This is what friendship looks like. Kids. Uh, this, yes.
0: God, this is what friendship looks like. And speaking of friendship, Josh, why don't you introduce the album that Lambo gave us as an album All swap right. today?
1: So Lambo gave us the album Conditions of My Parole by Pussifer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, now,
1: I would like to let you guys know, I didn't tell you this yet, but it took me a good 10 minutes to find it because I am dumb. And I <laughs> thought the album cover said Lucifer. And I was like, "What the fuck? Why doesn't Amazon Music have this?" So it does kind
2: of look like an L.
1: It does a little bit, but the cover is really cool. I want to give you guys a little virtual layout. It is a guy behind a gal, holding her tightly in her arms, and he has a white mustache, glasses, and what looks to be a blonde, like pompadour wig. Yeah, and then she looks like Mrs. Claus and looks scared, but also content. (laughs)
2: yeah right. like frighteningly happy for like a forced reason it's very culty it's weird yeah
0: um it, it's almost like a if you pick up like any sort of i don't know it, it reminds me of like an like really old like outlaw country sort of covers from like the the 60s or something yeah. like
2: f- you yeah. know like Yo. <clears throat> it has that old vibe to it like, well, you know, the, like it'd be the, a three the,
1: dog night the, album cover or something
2: that's well, the I guy guess. on the, in the cover art there is is actually Maynard James Keenan himself. Right.
1: Oh, I did he's not know the,
2: that. Uh, yeah, he's the mind behind Pussifer. Right. Uh, as well as Tool, A Perfect Circle, mm-hmm. a couple other projects that he works on. Yep. I'm not sure who the woman is. She could be somebody that helps with the band because uh, Pussifer as a band is actually quite large. Um, and it's mostly because they have a lot of artists that come in and contribute um either in the studio or touring.
0: Yep. That's what I read up on. I, I was I had always heard of Pussifer and of course Tool in a Perfect Circle, which uh just to just to say right off the bat, I greatly prefer those bands <laughs> over Pussifer. And <laughs> we will get into um I think we the, all the,
1: knew well Lambo Al- and I knew that you weren't gonna Yeah <laughs>
0: take this <I> mean. One. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Uh, well, hey, I got some thoughts on this album, but um, yeah, we'll we'll get into that those thoughts and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I read up on that. Basically, it's like it's almost like Maynard is just like, hey, are you available, friend that I've known for like forever? You want to hop on a fur track, you know? Let's, mm-hmm. And and then it probably just kind of comes together eventually, and then mm-hmm. that's the album, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. that's the vibe that I got, which. I like that relaxed feel of it's the, just J, like, the Jake
1: Campbell vibe of making music. It certainly <laughs> is. Yeah, if
0: you've, if you've heard that episode of ours, yeah, it's, it's out just to, like
2: shout out to Jake. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, shout out Jake. Um, it, it's literally just like you know, it, it, whenever this comes together, that's when we'll drop it. And that's fine. And I I don't know if that's particularly the model with like Pussifer or or whatever, but that's the feel that I get when I read up on, on them and stuff. So, but Maynard's like the, the main guy. And then it's just whoever else he knows.
2: (laughs) Yep. So, well, he writes all the lyrics. So, I mean, to begin with all the lyrics and like the songs are his, um, but I think like, the, a lot of the music itself is produced from a lot of his friends and stuff. And they're like, hey, here's some tracks. Let's kind of you know, collaborate and make something cool. And my guess is, well, I can't remember exactly how he said. There was a, He had an interview when he was writing music with Tool. Because Tool takes like 10 years, 12 years to make an album. Yeah, but yeah. They, do that, <laughs> they do that on purpose. I mean, those guys in Tool, they, they literally rewrite an album four times within mm-hmm. a span. And uh, Maynard, uh, I remember now, because Maynard will say he waits until all the music is done, and then he'll he'll write mu- or put his lyrics down to it, or even come up with lyrics to the songs. And okay. he, he said he <clears throat> he started doing like halfway through on one of the Tool albums, and then by the time they all went into the studio, all the songs had changed, so none of his songs worked anymore. He's like, all right. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till you guys are done and then I'll, I'll come in and do my part. So when it came to like Pussifer, I think that was his kind of creative endeavor to where here's, here's my songs. Here's an, an idea. Who can I get involved that can bring the level of talent and the, and the level, level that can match his writing style. Cause even like he says on his Pussifer writings, it's not as in depth as his tool stuff. Like there's, it's, unbelievably complex when you look into to Tool lyrics and the music involved and the way they write everything. Yeah, yeah. Lucifer is a, is a complete 180 of that to where it's kind of just creative endeavor coming out in music form. Absolutely. And it's and it's, uh, it's and and that's kind of why I picked this album because it's not really something I've heard you guys talk about before. It's not like Tool, it's not like a perfect circle. And even a perfect circle isn't really much like tool, but you know we right. kind of sit in those realms together. And Pussifer is kind of all off in its own, and it's and it's really interesting, and it's it's one of those. I don't know, I haven't listened too much of the other albums, but this one I really like, and I can just sit and listen to the whole thing, all the way through, and uh, enjoy every song for what it is.
0: I totally. I I totally get that and it is it just based off the writing style like you said at the beginning um, I mean it does seem a lot like it's just like whatever whatever lyrics may come there it is mm-hmm. and it's like uh, some of it's even kind of I, I I didn't dive too deep into lyrics I gotta say I like sometimes it's just like if it's not really hitting me in the way that I like to hear music, like I I don't dive as much in as possible. I did mm-hmm. a little bit, but I mean, even so, some of the stuff was even a little bit like almost like comedic or he was trying to like, just like write kind of funky stuff that, that was like, uh, I mean the, the, the tit- that the title track, is it the title
2: track? The... Conditions of my parole.
0: Yeah. I mean, that song is just like, and at least in my mind just seemingly goofy like he's naming off all these weird like you know uh stuff that you know you get jailed for and stuff like that and it's like it's just goofy and it's almost like his version of a i don't know a fusion of like country and like alternative and like a little bit of electronic stuff in there and it's just it's just I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I have a first thoughts on this. And I'll I'll tell you, this is just me. After I listened to the album, this was my stream of conscious first thoughts. Um, So it, take it for what it is. But I have some updates to it, too, after my second listen. Pussifer, Conditions of My Parole. I think... My main problem with this project <laughs> is, is, that, is that it's more of an electronic focus. And again, I'm so used to Tool or Perfect Circle. Um, I think that some of the ideas that they had on this album were good, but they weren't, in my mind, expanded upon. A lot of the times they locked into a groove electronically, and then they just kind of held that for the whole time and if there was a switch it was like right at the midpoint and then that midpoint switch stayed for the duration of the track too Um, I feel like if they would have done a little bit more exploring into adding weirdness or adding little bits of touches here and there which they certainly did and again I'm the production of this album is incredible like it it's it's very well produced but yeah. uh, what i'm talking about is the little bells and whistles that they could put in to make that locked in groove that they had uh you know during a passage of the track be that much more spicy give it a little life to it um yeah. Especially because a lot of this album is, like I said, locked in grooves, but then they have slow tempos, and though, and then that kind of gives you, at least for me, a little bit of a dragging on feeling. Yep. Um, again, I just want to say that production wise, for someone who's mostly embedded into like metal and subgenres of metal. Um, and heavy rock music like Maynard, um, the production for taking it electronic was like, so it was just great. It's, it's like whoever they had, I don't know if it's him and he's sitting in with the production side of things after the fact, but it's a like, guy
2: named Josh Eustace, I believe he is kind of like okay. the main producer. Okay. Uh, electronic um, guy.
0: Okay coming from like the metal side of things and knowing that there just should be these hard punching drums and a uh, really good, like uh bass sounds and stuff like that. I think they've, they hit like a good lock of, uh, of especially that section, the rhythm section of things. I felt mm. like we're good again. It just kind of stayed One note, usually, throughout the song. But I think that they did a good job of production. That was my spew of (laughs) first thoughts after the album. So, uh, and that was after a first listen. I'll give you my afterthoughts after we kind of go through everything and and stuff like that. But
1: I got one. I got an opening statement. (laughs) Ooh, I love that. (laughs) I did it, but if Nate's going to do it, I'm going to do it too. A couple things. <clears throat> Number one, Maynard. Am I correct on that? Maynard Keenan, if I'm not mistaken, is the, yep. the gentleman's name. I liked yep. this album pretty much before I I had really given it a second listen where it grew on me a little bit more. Only because I've always seen more in him than I think Tool. I mean Tool is I I think Tool is great. Like the, the music that they make is excellent, but I've always seen that he could probably branch off into different items and be incredibly successful and do it well. And I think, I didn't know that Pussifer existed. I've heard them before. Like I went to a blink One Eighty Two show and they played a Pussifer song and it was something about like booty holes or something. It was something goofy. Yeah. And I had no idea that it existed until I told my wife that I was listening to this album. She was like, Oh, do you remember blink One Eighty Two? And like, well, no, I don't remember. That was five years ago. I don't remember that. I don't remember yesterday. <laughs> But So that was that was nice for me because I've always seen that he could do more than what he has done, and I didn't know that this existed. So that was really nice to see. Uh, side note, Josh Eustace, I did look this up. He is the, the producer, I think, on all of the albums that they've done. And he was a producer on one of my favorite albums uh, called In Love and Death by The Used, which is oh, one of the bands that okay. I love listening to. And I think the production on that album is – I mean, it it depends on what you're looking for. I look for like super polished quality, which is is opposite of what Nate does. But for a band that does (laughs) for a band that does more of the screaming style that I I grew up listening to, I think that that album from the used is like spot on, like what I was looking for when I was younger, like brand new had the devil and God. But I think the production was lacking as opposed to what Josh Eustis brought to that album. So I, I thought the production on this album was fantastic. And that is actually yes. all I have to say at the opening.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So, Tiny Monsters, first track. Dude. What do you think?
1: I listened to this song and I was like, holy fuck, this is a bare hands album. I love it. It just, that's <clears> a, yeah. it, it hit that... that that synth alternative rock thing that I like kind of the, the dragging sort of lazy vocals over the top, but then it had enough points where it, it like it hit a high point. It just, I'd, I fucking thought this song was so cool. It's like yeah. a
2: perfect opening track. It is. It, it really like the is. The tiny monsters are like the butterflies,
1: which is, which is, this yeah. is why I compare it to Bear hands because bare hand, all, really, all of the bands I like always have an opening song that sets the tone really, yeah. really well. And I thought that yeah. they, they, they nailed it with this one.
0: And that's, that's usually my note for the bands that you give me. It's like every, the every opening album. is always really good. Yep. And I know what I'm getting into. I hate it, but like, <laughs> I like, like, I'll no, And, but like, I actually did write down that this, uh especially on my second listen, I was like, yeah, this is like a perfect opener for this album. Maybe even if they shaved off like 30 to 45 seconds, I think it would have been even better. Yeah, but it, it
1: was a bit long. I did have a note that, well, yeah. my first note was it's not what I expected this to sound like because I'm used to Lambo music when we set up sound is not this. It's like <laughs> Lambo got so I, I'm happy that that you didn't give us. Well, not. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I still I don't like metal. I don't like metal.
0: But hey, Lambo plays RTJ, dude. Sometimes <laughs> he plays Run the Jewels. That's so true. you gotta. That's
1: you're all over you the place, just like this album is.
2: Yep. But, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of everything. I, I did think yeah.
1: I did think it ran a little bit long for an opening track, considering that I viewed it as sort of setting the tone for the album. I thought it could have been cut back yes. a little bit.
2: I it agree. is one of the longer songs i mean it's almost five minutes mm-hmm. for an opening track yep and i think they do this purposefully too and maybe this, they do this for those bands that you're talking about josh is that they write the album and they set it up similar to how you would present a show
1: mm-hmm.
2: so they they present the album the same way that they would go on stage with yes it. and yes. i really appreciate that as as a Life, I, do t- I do
1: too, and it feels like listening to the album as a whole, it feels like Tiny Monsters came in kind of as an afterthought that they wrote yeah. after everything else was written to set the tone, which I think is, that's my favorite, that's my favorite on albums. I love it when people do that.
2: Yeah.
0: I agree. That's all I got for that one, honestly. You, you kind of hit all the notes too, Josh, so um, anything else on Tiny Monsters?
1: I got nothing else on that one.
0: Cool. I loved it. Green Valley. <laughs> Uh, yeah josh loves it green valley Green valley
1: dude when that like synth guitar comes in i think it's like halfway through the song there's a
2: yeah,
1: yeah th- there was a there was a brief period in my life where i was really 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 into like electronic rock music and this sounds so much like everything that i listened to and it was so weird having that come in after such a like a lo-fi acoustic sound, and then they had yeah. that just banging synth guitar come in, which I thought I thought it was incredibly pleasant, but also really ugly, which made the song beautiful.
2: Did that make yeah. any sense? It's it the, gave the, the
0: texture
2: it's, to mm-hmm. the yeah, track. It's the, opposite, yeah. it's the opposite sides meeting that kind of like, "Wow, yeah. this is cool." It's
1: like a, I, I wrote down a note that said it was like I was in a in the eye of a storm, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'll so. I like this track. Uh at, at, on my first listen it was kind of like I, again it was like that one note for a while and I was like okay like g- give me something. And yeah. then yeah, it hits that midway point where it starts to do that really quick build with the drums and then the drums are like in full for the rest of the track and I I love that because, and this is where I noticed like how good the percu- uh, production was specifically on the percussion and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that kick drum. I don't know what they did or how they, like, compre- like there, there was such like a It sounds like it's in punchiness. a fucking tunnel. It's,
1: it like, yes. I, I imagine that they probably, it sounds like they, I don't know if this is true and I might be just talking out of my ass, but it sounds like, it sounds like there's a kick drum and then, like, maybe another kick drum in front of that with blankets over the top. To kind of muffle the mic to give it that yes. really big, 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 but super punchy sound, and I I thought it was great. Same with the snare too; yep. that had the same kind of kind of punch to it that you you don't definitely. generally hear in music.
0: Yep. definitely. Well,
2: yeah. see, and that's that's where like the simplicity of the beats and the simplicity of the songs are kind of met with the complexity of sounds, yes. and the complexity of layers. Because mm-hmm. you can, you know, and that's almost if you have too much going on with all those layers, it almost starts to garble and it doesn't make sense anymore. So it's the simplicity of that simple beat gives you the time and gives you the the opportunity to listen to all those different parts and, you know, give you what's going on, like in an over, like a a full overview, but still, but still give you that time to really deep dive into each one of those, those layers. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, that kick drum is so unique and, you know, this that that or you know that sampler work is so unique. Mm-hmm.
1: I do wish I have one qualm with this song. I I noticed that they towards the end of the song it felt like it should build and have a little more tension, which I think that they tried to pull through with the the harmonies that were coming in, but they didn't yeah. they didn't really do it for me. I think that they could have done more to have it build just yep. a little bit more, and that was sort of a letdown, but. All in all, yeah. I, I, Do you I,
2: think maybe it was on purpose because it's only the second song.
1: Might have been that was the, that was the thing with this album is that the things that I have qualms with, I wonder if they knew that and then they purposely are just fucking with people.
2: So, yeah, I kind of I kind <laughs> yeah. of think they're in that realm. I mean, these the musicians that are involved with these projects are so beyond what we even think about music, right?
1: Because if you wanted to build tension and they don't let that tension build, that almost gives yep. you more anxiety than if they were to give you what you yeah. think you need. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. You,
1: Maynard is you know, a weird cat.
2: He's dude, dude. He's very unique. He's got one. He's got one of the most unique minds that I've, mm-hmm. I've ever started to research. And I, I spent a lot of time researching Nikola Tesla and Einstein and shit. And yeah, Maynard James Keenan is a very unique motherfucker. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I hold a, I hold a lot of respect for the guy. He works really hard. Um, and I really like his style, especially when it comes to his musical world. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I was just reading when when uh, tool's album lateralis was coming out in 2001. That was when Napster was really big. Yep. Yeah. So they said they were putting out an album with a different name and a bunch of different tracks, track names. And it's just started flooding all those file sharing sites. So everyone thought they got the new tool album. And then when it finally came out, they're like, (laughs) no, it's called lateralis. And these are the songs and they're all completely different, you know, and that was totally planned. You know, so it's, it's genius. Yeah, they genius. think in yeah, they think in, in four dimensions for sure.
1: And then you got Lars Ulrich going, I'ma fuckers.
0: <laughs> no, he, he goes like this. Yep. Fucking Metallica <laughs> is fucking too I fucking good hate to that guy's to so be much. to be fucking on <laughs> Napster. <laughs> Fuck those kids on Napster. Uh do, yeah. do, anyways. Do you guys I remember the
2: tunes from the early two thousands that the card? The internet cartoons that just ripped on Napster. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could remember the website. Dude, but was... that was
0: like that was like new grounds and like honestly, God, the internet was a whole different world internet than what was, we oh, know it okay. as now. The internet was so much so better. Good.
1: Like you have to go on E-bombs world to see anything inappropriate. And now you just <laughs> now you just go on Google. Uh, yeah. Should we move on to monsoons? Yeah, uh, right. I, yeah I was that. excited about my notes because I know, well, I, maybe I don't, but I really don't think Nate likes this. It's super polished. And yeah, but I hate it. it you know, I knew you were gonna hate it. I knew you were gonna hate it. But I fucking love this song because it has. I this, know is, This goes would. back to what we were I talking knew. about with the with the production and the simplicity. Because really, all this song is is an appreciated piano or like a keyboard part. And then they yeah. have the kind of the dumbest shit over the top of it. Do, do, like they have do, a do, they have a like a, it do, sounds do, like somebody do, do, it, it sounds like somebody's hitting a pencil on like a fucking desk like Yeah, But it's those little things that that I notice in the song, and and I don't know how they mix it in to where, to me, it it makes sense, and it's so simple. And there's also a part where it sounds like somebody has ice in a cup and they're just kind of like stirring it back (laughs) and forth. There's the weirdest sounds in this, and I thought it was incredibly interesting. It was was mildly boring, I would say, for for most people, but I thought that there were enough weird kind of stupid sounds that they added in that made this song just so beautiful
2: yeah well there was yeah. only two guys that wrote the song so i'm sure it was just you know hey what can we come up with that sounds cool
1: yeah it, yeah. Just, it that's what it, and that's exactly what it sounds like it's two guys that are just making noises and going well that would be cool if we added in kind of like on the the e of the the one or something and and it just it i i liked it a lot nate <laughs> yeah
0: no I, I have no notes on this it's it's really just i well, no, no positive notes. I should say it, it's uh, <laughs> like if I were to revisit this album, this is an immediate skip for me because it's just like I don't know. It's like it, it's this music that um, that Josh gives me on his albums, like Glass Animals or yep. uh, Bare Hands or <laughs> Hippocampus. Uh, yep. yeah, Hippocampus, like anything like that. Like, but I mean. I, I Personally, I can't really name... What When did this album come out? Uh, 2011. Uh, yep. Was it? Okay. Um, so then I guess it was later than I thought. Um, I don't know. It just didn't... It, it just... It was so like... Cutesy, and I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the word I would describe it. It's obviously not cutesy, but it like that's the way it makes me feel, and I I just can't I can't vibe on that. And this is definitely something that like. Uh, any one of Josh's albums would have definitely. and it would just be like yep. oh it's one of these you know and i just yeah this eh, that skip. this
1: song monsoons is added to my playlist i i like it this one and <laughs> tiny monsters were ones that i was immediately attached to
0: yeah i can definitely see that that's all i have for this one it, it was not at all what i wanted
1: <laughs> so we'll move on to telling ghosts Uh, I wrote down one note and it said, this sounds like what I would have listened to in the early 2000s to feel nostalgic about the 90s. And it's just okay for me. And it reminds me of of so many bands that I can't remember the names of because I've now forgotten about them.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's. Definitely like alternative, sort of grungy, sort of. It's like, like the industrial. Yeah, it's like the bands Indus- that came out yeah. five
1: years or ten years after Nirvana yeah. that were trying to mimic that sound. It's very, very yes. good. Yeah. I'm not saying well,
2: that's this, not good. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, the big, yeah, the big uh, industrial realm of the mid '90s. You know, like Fear Factor I love Fear Factory. Is one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. That's straight up industrial metal. I was gonna and, make you know, a yeah. joke about there's, there's, there's the elements Fear Factor of show this that Logan. remind me of that. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Yeah.
1: I was going to make a joke about Fear Factor with Joe Rogan but
2: just Right. Funny. No, no, Fear uh, Factory. They're they're a good band.
1: Yeah, and, and so I also I have I have one more note and then I'll let Nate go. I did write that I, this band confuses the shit out of me because they did in they did pull in that industrial sound after Monsoons and this is where upon the second listen I was like this band is all fucking over. Like all over the yeah. place. They're trying to hit just whatever they feel they're going to go do and they did it really well. It's just not yeah. it for me. It, it's kind of a stale sound at this point. Like it's, it's been, it's been done in my life. Like I've heard it before and I've moved on to what monsoons sounds
0: like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool. Like, uh, irregular, uh, time, time, uh, signature. I think it's probably seven, eight time signature or whatever. It's definitely seven beats, and then it's a repeat. So that's kind of cool. Little effect that they have on it. Gives it a little life, and it gives it a little flavor compared to the rest of the album that's basically all in, for the most part, like standard 4-4 or whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, It just kind of shows, like, that little, like, you know, you can take the Maynard out of the tool, but you can't take the, the tool, out, tool
1: of the out of the
2: Maynard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, like, well, there's, there's, that's just, yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you that this is so much of, of Maynard's creativity just coming out in music form. Yeah. And he's, yeah. and he's, and he's letting these guys, you know, probably just do whatever they want with it. I'm sure he's got some, you know, music and control over it, but. I highly doubt it, you know, he probably just lets these guys go to town or, you know, maybe yep. he has uh, an idea or, you know, at least some type of a beat that he's looking for, for, you know, a, a set of lyrics or, you know, some type of a certain feel, let's say.
0: Definitely. And then,
2: you know, hey, what can you guys do? And, you know, this, um, you know, every all these songs have Josh Eustace and Matt Mitchell. Um, yeah. And then Karina Round is a super good guitar player from the UK, I believe. Um, and she's in a lot of it too. She does some of the vocals as well. Like you okay. hear the the female vocals. That's that's Karina. Okay. Round. Okay. I didn't yeah. I
1: didn't know that she. I th- I thought that those yeah. were uh, features. I didn't know that she was like a, a band member.
2: Yeah, she's actually right. one of the main stay band members because okay. I think it's it's Karina, Matt Mitchell. It has it on their website here. Yeah, their website is actually really their their website is actually pretty uh, informational. Yeah, Matt Mitchell, Karina Round, and and uh, Maynard James Keenan is the main, like, players. So even Josh Eustace was kind of new coming into this as a producer. I'm sure he did. Sweet. Um, yeah, Josh Eustis did some touring stuff with other with other albums. And so he's, he's probably, like, we have our range of musical friends, and we kind of collaborate on shit like that. These high-end musicians are the same thing. Sure. They're just on a way higher caliber. Yeah,
1: yeah. they're getting it done um, to sound like this, and... Mine sounds like a Garage Band song. Um,
0: <laughs> Telling ghosts, I, I I dug the little you know. You give me a little sludge or a little doomy sort of metal vibe, industrial vibe. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it a little bit at least. Um, again, it, it's it's something that again the whole thing it just felt a little dragged on. That's kind of why. Um this album as a whole didn't really vibe with me, but there are standout bits and I, I did appreciate the little sludgy, doomy, industrial vibe. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'll say on that.
2: I just wanna mention, um, lyrically this is one of my top songs of the album. Okay. because um, like you know, he had mentioned that, you know, with Pussifer, he didn't want to have, like, super complex and super deep meaning type lyrics like he usually does, but it's almost like he can't help himself. Because even they're, they're fairly simple type lyrics. There's a lot of, you know, there's not a whole lot going on, but, like, the wordage he uses, the way he says stuff, is just really pronoun. Yeah. Um, so even just, like, the just simple lines, the more you take, the more you need, the more you suck, the more you bleed. I mean, that's... That's fucking good writing, and it it, mean, it can mean a lot if you think about it in those terms.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: And that's a lot of the lyrics, that even to this whole album, is like you can take it for how it is, but you can look into it a little bit, and it means quite a bit.
0: Sure. Yeah, I and like I said, I didn't really dive too deep into the lyrics, but uh, just the little bits that you pick up just because of listening. Um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely understand that, of course made it as a quality writer and a quality lyricist and, and everything like that. So sweet. Uh, that's good to know. And I, I feel like you've played, I feel like, side tangent but i feel like you've played like stuff off this album at shows oh
2: like, absolutely yeah
0: I, I've, I i'm like i like recognize this weirdly and i've never heard this album <laughs>
2: yeah 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 i've played th- i played this while setting up or tearing down or whatever this cool. is definitely one of the regular albums i told that
0: see i have a good memory
1: i should tell you guys too as i don't think i said this in the beginning i i didn't i tried really hard to get uh, something out of the lyrics, but I kept getting lost in the in the production and the the interesting musical changes that they put in that I didn't get much lyrically on this either. So, Lambo, if you have anything sure. on the lyrics, I apologize. I really, really tried, but I have ADD like a motherfucker. So, I can well, let me ask so you do
2: you, guys, do you guys like read the lyrics while the song plays at all, or do you just kind of listen in to try and pick them up? I
1: did the second time I, di- I did, but. I really do have ADD really bad and I caught myself just looking up and I, I did. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, it was really bad for me, but it, I think it's because the production hit me so hard on this album that I had a really hard time focus. like King Gizzard. When I listen to that band, I have to read the lyrics too. And I, and I normally read all the way through. them. I'm not going to say anything negative. I normally read <laughs> all the way through them, but this one, I really caught myself just, just zoning out. And I, like Nate said, I caught bits and pieces of it, but the production on it was so high quality to me and so fucking good that I just, I yeah. really had a hard time focusing on anything else. And
2: that's it really, one of my, that's one yeah. of my favorite things about, you know, a lot of the music that I listen to is the the lyrics aren't anything that stand out. And they, I personally don't think they really should, it should be another layer to the music, yeah. you know, which I think yeah. they
1: nailed then in that aspect, because the lyrics Definitely. were, were, Last thought for me on this, because everything yeah. well was I think so I think
2: manards I think Mannard's a fucking genius at that because uh, you listen to anything that he's ever in, and it's it, they don't go out of their way to put him out front, yeah, and his lyrics don't put him out front either,
1: right, yeah. he's he's really good at turning a light bulb on whatever he wants you to focus on he'll he'll flip that switch, and then that's what you're listening to or listening for, rather,
2: yep, yep,
0: yeah um next next track uh i don't really listen to lyrics that much by the way um yeah on anything (laughs) i i'm i'm really for like like i'm of that like old school like punk or like hardcore music vibe where it's like if you have simplistic lyrics that i can add a show just like shout and like (laughs) cup the mic and fucking stage dive afterwards <laughs> yeah like that's that's what i want <laughs> so um i mean we had i mean my ha- band had a song called uh california and all of the lyrics were, were just like basically i mean the lyrics were pretty complex except for like the hook and like that's so that's just kind like, of like
1: fuck california <laughs> yeah <laughs> and
0: uh yeah and um I don't know. It was, that was like our most fun song. That song was so good. That song was one of my favorites and it was, it took me and Hunter, my uh, guitar guitar player. It took us like 20 minutes to write that. And just like, we just fucking went for it. It was great. It was amazing. Anyways, uh,
1: horizons. I, I have one note. You guys ever heard of the postal service? the band yeah not the yeah not the like the people that bring me the mail no, the, the band the band <laughs> the postal service is fronted no. by i think it's just two guys but ben gibbard from uh death cab for cutie it's a side yep. project oh, of his and it, it's elect. it's an electronica band one that i grew up with and i loved the album that they put out and this sounded like a postal service song featuring maynard and I I loved it. I don't really have a lot else to say. I thought the song was, was beautiful the way it was put together and I loved the style that he brought to something that already had sounded familiar
0: to me. Okay. That's my yeah. piece. For me, it was just kind of a... I mean, again, as a blanket statement, the production on this album is great and you already know that but uh, for me, it was just another slow song that didn't really go anywhere or build to anything. So... Um, I felt like it was a good length, whereas like a lot of the other tracks seemed to drag on a little bit more. This one kind of was like, didn't overstay its welcome. So I kind of appreciated that, but not much other than that on this track for me.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, again, that was just the Josh and Matt by themselves with Maynard three and a half minutes. Uh, and I think it's, you know, because it's like right in the middle of the album, it's, again, might be purposefully simple and kind of laid back and and uh, down in the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I love the simplicity, I, 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 the, the the little beat and the, the little electronic that just, it does seem a little bit repetitive. But I think, again, with Maynard's vocalization in there, because um, I think the lyrics in this are really quite something. Uh, they don't really mean a whole lot unless you put your own meaning to it
1: yeah which is kind of what he does on this album
2: (laughs) he does he does that very well um but his his vocal style is just i don't know unlike anything that i hear he's 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 got a really good voice and his, his range is really good yeah
1: definitely definitely um man overboard i just have one note I know that Josh Eustis did a Marilyn Manson album and I can tell
0: on this song.
2: Yep. Totally.
0: Interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't look too much into use Josh Eustis or whatever, but. And I only, I only, I only
1: did because of the used. Otherwise I would have never have looked that up, but I knew I knew his name from somewhere.
0: Certainly. Now that you mention it though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah of course i mean it's like yeah that that's definitely the the vibe it's kind of like that that uh kind of it's like creepy spooky
1: yeah it's like on the edge of being metal rock is how i've always (laughs) described
2: yeah Yeah. well yeah it's it's the industrial electronic metal type thing
0: yeah yeah, he did uh yeah
2: he was a touring member with nine inch nails too i guess
0: Oh well, oh, then really? there you okay. go. Okay, well, that, yeah. That, it,
1: it, it, so it all adds up. So all in all, this this song is exactly what it, it should sound like to me. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I it's um. So something I criticize kind of a lot is like where some of some of the groups that Josh gives me and stuff like that. There's not a lot of change ups as far as like percussion wise or like it keeps it way too simple. Um, whereas I think that like every track has been very different uh, in the percussion section yeah. specifically in the drum section. Like, it's like, they're always using different sounds and it's always like weird. And, and sometimes it's like, it's like where they could have kept it simplistic. They're adding like, you know, six kicks for like no reason, but like it fits the song, like where it's like, yeah. and like, it's like, it's like that they could have just kept it in their standard like loop of like, but then like they'll do weird stuff that like add stuff. And it's like, that's the flavor that a lot of time I'm missing. And even though like, I'm not a big fan of like the electronic percussive drums like that and stuff like that. But I, th- I think they did enough to make me pay attention, which is something that I always miss on like some of the stuff like bare hands or glass animals where it's just like, they're so forgettable. Whereas these ones kind of like everything, which again, I'm not being a, a jerk. It's just not my type of music, but um it's like <clears throat> everything, everything is just so purposeful and you can tell that, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't just adding it to add it. It was right. like, it's, it's definitely well thought. So as much as this, you know, is not a, an album I'm probably going to revisit. It's like I I will remember it. <laughs> so, but yeah, this song was kind of interesting. Um, I think this one was kind of a standout uh, lyrically. I didn't get anything thing from it, but it was so weird. It was weird, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, echo and, and delay effects on with, with the lyrics that that they're they're just effects that add on but they actually add to the lyrics themselves. Yeah, um, exactly. It's funny cuz that you know if you read like through the lyrics they have the parts that are in the echo. You know, so they're they're purposeful. Yeah. So yeah. it's like they're part of the lyrics but they weren't exactly saying to be part of it. I don't know exactly what that means,
0: but <laughs> Right.
2: No, <laughs> um, I get it. Yeah, the the lyrics again, they're they're really simple. It's a lot of it just kind of going you know uh, doing the same thing on and on but it's the the way that he does it and that's where especially with Maynard stuff I have to I have to read it while I listen to it to kind mm-hmm. of figure out what he's saying because the the way he says it to compared to the way that it's written is sometimes different yeah um, and I mean that's pretty common with a lot of musicians trying to fit words that don't fit in space in Definitely. musical space the blood sky every morning should have seen the warning. Um, Poseidon's on a mission. About to turn it up to 11. So, I mean, that's, that always remind me of that saying. Uh, my dad always said it, and I'm sure you guys heard it too. Red sky in the morning is a sailor's warning. Red sky at night is a sailor's delight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just kind of atmospheric conditions and the color. So that kind of brings, you know, so you know you're sitting on a boat and, you know, kind of tells a little story that's, that's almost kind of, um, you know, man overboard besides on a mission brace yourself it's gonna get turned up to 11 get brace yourself for 12 you know it's just kind of stuck out in the middle of the ocean getting your shit tossed yeah and it's lyrically it's simple but it's complex at the same time and it's i like that style
0: yeah like i said this one was definitely like weirdly a standout lyrically for me through for the album i just i don't know it kind of just caught me off guard sort of thing yeah Um, And I think they
2: do that with the way they do the vocal, the actual, like, vocal effects and the way they lay it out. It it almost makes you pay attention to certain parts. Man, I wish I would
1: have taken an Adderall before I listened to this album, and I probably would have been able to (laughs) focus on the lyrics a little more.
2: Yeah. That was the only way I graduated 11th grade English. That was the (laughs) only way I got uh, got out of night school my
1: senior year and still (laughs) failed and didn't get my (laughs) diploma.
0: <laughs> Jesus. So uh Toma Moving on Toma. Toma. Uh-huh.
2: This one I like this one. I have to tell you guys first cuz I had to look this up. So yep. the song is Toma T O M A. Then if you look at the lyrics, there's a parentheses around the next word. It's Gue. Toma Gue.
0: What's and that? it's
2: uh, uh I believe it was I think it was Spanish. Toma Gue. It's uh, it means take that, dude.
0: <laughs> I like that. because okay. I started, you
2: know, because I started reading the lyrics, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Tomo like Guay, what does Guay mean? So I didn't, mees, I didn't look into
1: that at all. And I wrote down, I hate this song, and the reason why I hated it <laughs> is because every time I wanted to like it, somebody would come in in the back and go Toma, and I felt like I got toma. a bonus on a slot machine, and and it was letting me <laughs> yeah. know, and I couldn't
0: fucking stand it. <laughs> That's yeah. That's all um, I got on this one. I I really just wrote down that like I I yeah the Toma was a, the Toma was a little um a little jarring but also at the same time it was it was kind of like uh something that they didn't do at all during the any part of the album uh other than this part and um i liked the groove a little bit on this album there's a nice groove to it but eh, other than that it does
2: have it does have a really interesting beat to it yes um it is it is pretty you know repetitious it does seem like it drags on a little bit it's really well and then then that and then that overall Toma, Toma, you know, and, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, and that's where it kind of it kind of got me to, you know, I started reading these pe- the, the, the lyrics and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And it, and it makes sense now why they say it that way, because it it's does, like yeah, you yeah. need that inflection to get it to, to make it that meaning, because it's, you know, it's, Toma Gwe, take that, dude. dude I w- so <laughs> I feel like I let you
1: down by not looking into the lyrics as much as maybe I should have
2: no no that's i don't know that's just kind of my deep dive thing because i like to understand all the all the layers you know i'll listen to an album a dozen times and try to try to single out each instrument um you know on top of listening to it as a whole but when it comes to lyrics because i don't usually listen you know i'm an old school metal head so i don't really pay attention to lyrics like nate but A lot of it is in context you know you have to take it in context to the music so you know like a lot of metal depending again on the context of the metal itself the the band uh, the musicians sometimes you don't really need to pay attention to the lyrics and sometimes you don't really want to because they're they're fucking either not good or just brutal you're like wow why am i even listening to this (laughs) yeah but on the other side you know there's there's Fans like this in a perfect circle. And, you know, I like to read the lyrics uh, and RTJ. I mean, uh, I'm not a big fan of hip hop, but and I didn't even listen to RTJ until I watched Killer Mike on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And I heard him and his, you know, kind of, you know, you get to know him a little bit. I mean, he's on there for two, three hours just talking about what he does, his life. Yeah. I'm like, this dude's really cool. I like him. And I like very he about, you know, what yeah. they... You know, how they write their music and what they believe in, and that's what they put into their music, and that's how they live their lives. I mean, Killer Mike is one of the top um, black entrepreneurs in Georgia, and it's, that's fucking yeah. amazing. Georgia and Florida, I think. And uh, so it's, it's sometimes I find it pretty important to kind of read into it a little bit to see where they're coming from. Definitely and come. yeah, uh, not all the time. I'm going to tell you 90% of the time, I won't look into the lyrics, but if it's something that really grasps me or something that hits me i almost feel compelled i need to understand where this is coming from just as much as i need to know what that guitar player is doing or yeah. you know why that drum beat is the way it is in that section
0: absolutely uh,
1: the the rapture fear is a mind killer mix those are in parenthesis parenthesis
2: yeah fear is a mind killer
0: yeah they're they're in parentheses. um
1: uh, I thought this song was it had a lot of cool points like when they do the stops and then there's a guy uh I would assume it's Maynard and then uh, uh what I forgot her name, the gal in the band that you said
2: Karina know
1: yeah there's a, like these little stops that they do and then they're singing in unison, which I thought was really cool. I thought this song had a lot of cool parts uh six minutes dragged on a long time for yeah. me. Yeah, a little bit. A long time. But as we've discussed, I did not take my Adderall that I was prescribed to 20 <laughs> years ago, or 10 years ago before I listened to this album. So I, I got nothing lyrically out of it, which I assume is the point of this song. I
0: I didn't get anything lyrically either. I, I have no idea. But um, I will say, um, again, it's another thing that just grabbed my attention uh, with the the um what do i want to say the tone of the bass that was like l- layered throughout the whole album yeah. mm-hmm. was was a super interesting choice mm-hmm. especially for like an a primarily electronic album this was a very metal or like hard rock tone that you yeah. hear on an album for a bass and yep. i loved that but the song Six Minutes Long, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to going to
2: that. That seems to, to be that. kind of a, a, a theme in a lot of electronic music is it's just a little bit too long.
0: Yep. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, that, that's all I really had for that one. It just I really like the bass, the tone of it, and then again it was just just dragged. So that's kind of all I had for that. Uh, conditions. Yeah. Conditions
1: of my parole. I have two notes. Uh, number Good. one is, uh, primus. Is this a primus song? It sounds like a primus song to me. with, the, with the bass <laughs> Yeah, drum, it sure does. Which isn't it, That's yeah. not bad, but it just, it, it completely flipped from what I thought was going to happen and it just sounded like primus. And then also I wanted to say that when the acoustic guitar comes in and is playing by itself, uh, well, not by, it's, it's over the top of everything else, but it kind of stands out. I love that yeah. kind of garage, rocky, really shitty sounding acoustic guitar, but it sounds yeah. really good at the same time. Like it's, it's not that clean, bright, like Taylor $1,500 yeah. acoustic yeah. guitar. It's just, it's like an Epiphone, kind of a piece of shit that they just put up a mic to and made it sound as good as it can. And I thought it was gorgeous
2: yeah. sounding. A little, little gritty, a little off lock key. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Like you can't quite get it perfectly in tune, but it'll work.
2: I, yeah. I thought it was yeah. a,
1: it was a good song overall, and I thought the bass tone was, I love that dirty that just that dirty gritty gross ass bass. I think it was really cool.
2: Yeah, oh, it's that same uh, Mick Junkins playing on that song too. Those are the two okay. songs okay. that he's in.
0: Definitely, uh, yeah. Um, a little. I will say that this is maybe the the one track that I was like. Uh, I think it did the most for me, even though it kind of had an alternative rock or, like, even dips a little bit into the country side of things, like country rock vibes. A
2: little bit, yeah.
0: A little bit. I mean, not... The thing is, is, like, it's mainly because his vocals don't have the... The shit that country does that I that I am able to stand this (laughs) song because it yeah because it has that like it doesn't got that twang it has that butt rock vibe it has that uh, like a tinge of country it has like that alternative rock style but then um which is like uh, I just I can't really listen to on a, a regular basis but um this I think it was okay I think. Like you said, Josh, the acoustic bit that has like the little grit, uh, that it's kind of like a crappy guitar, but they just had a mic and then they just kind of mic'd it up real quick. And that's what they got.
1: Now that you say that, they kind of, they kind of did go sort of down a butt rock path and sort of down, not to be rude, but, but they never like fully made those turns, which made it, uh, the way that bearable? It, well, I don't know, bearable because I, I like that song. I think that they yeah. they they hit those marks so that it had all these different sounding points, but they never turned enough to where it sounded like um I don't know Buck Cherry. But like yeah, it was it on the, it was fully... on the verge of getting there, and yeah. they they pulled out just enough to where it was still really good.
2: Yes. Well much much less like most of the songs on this album, it it rides the knife edge of different genres. Yes.
1: That was a way fucking better way of saying it than when I say it like like they didn't take the turn into Buck Cherry or whatever. That's not
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of play with different elements of different genres to kind of come up with their own little style. And and I think because lyrically it kind of reads like a like a western story kind of that's that's maybe where they got it musically and maybe that's where that uh that acoustic guitar kind of riff comes in because um, there yeah it is it does kind of have some some western elements to it but there's still that pretty punchy percussion to it that that yeah hard driving bass to mm-hmm. it that kind of you know opens it up and yeah um, changes the direction before it gets to country western
0: exactly yep um the weaver the
1: weaver uh uh, I don't have a lot on the song. I, I, I think it's really Mini-ho. good, but it kind of bored me a little bit. And it sounded like I would be watching a documentary about a couple kids being murdered. And they were doing like an <laughs> overview scene of the area where it <laughs> happened. That's kind of the vibe that I got. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Not to get too yeah, dark. Yeah, it's kind of slow. It's, you know, it kind of seems it's a little bit in that minor key. So it, it brings you down uh, down a level. It's yeah, the most but it tool did I have. Song that I'm
0: I'm in this. I'm in the same boat, though. I was I was. It was at this point. I was like, all right, like, you know, let's let's wrap this album up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, again, they had that. There was like a really standout like, bass that made me, like, happy. But everything else, I was just like, okay, whatever. I don't really. I don't really care. Like it yeah. had that super metal like, or hard rock tone to it. And I love that tone. I love that tone. They just so, don't
2: like to stay in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. They like
2: to play with it, but they don't, they don't make it to key
0: focus, which is kind of fun. And it kind of keeps you maybe even coming back just to like, it's like when a musician, like, or a, a band adds like one part in a song that is never there again. And it's only in like verse two, and then mm-hmm. like, like they do this weird musical thing, and you're like, oh my god, that was so cool what they did there, and like you're hoping that it comes up again, but also at the same time they're they know that you're hoping that, so they yeah, just yeah. do it the one time and they leave it, and like, like yeah, like they, BT bam, yeah, they're they're very good at like. Again, it it grabbed my attention in that aspect, but then the rest of it, I was just kind of like, yeah, this is boring. That's the that's <laughs> the that song.
1: anxiety I think that we were talking about earlier. Is he knows how yeah. to to know what you want and what you expect, and then he's not going to give you that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I do wish that. not so the 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 two last two songs, "Oceans" and "Tumbleweed," which we'll we'll get to in a second, are are very good, and I'll we'll elaborate on that, I'm sure. But I wish that the Weaver was the end of the album, but I also know that Maynard is uh, smarter than me so there's a reason beyond my understanding why it wasn't the end. I'm just I'm, I'm musically stupid and that's why I do a podcast instead of instead of play music for people so I think that there's a reason why he didn't leave it at that. I just don't see it because I think The Weaver would have been a good ending and Oceans and Tumbleweed as I, as I said we'll get to just make no fucking sense to me
2: uh, I, think, I think tumbleweed was a good ending, a good ending they're, they're both yes, well they're both they're I both agree.
1: really good endings but to me i heard three endings in a row with three completely different styles which again is probably part of his uh being a creator that i yeah. i personally can't follow because i'm dumb
2: yeah i get well maybe maybe going back to that uh producing an album like you would on a stage yeah and that would songs you know songs 11 and 12 those last two songs would be basically your encore song
1: okay yeah, yeah. well i'll see you so you I could end on weaver like go
2: you know come back and do your last two okay. tracks or, you know i don't know it,
1: sure no that yeah, it's an idea yeah, that's that's more in depth than my mind had gotten to uh so should
0: we move on why don't to we oceans? move on to oceans then oceans cause... okay
1: i just have one note i fucking thought this song was gorgeous I thought it was really good, yeah. and it made me honestly. And I don't want to be cliche because sound sound or the song's called Oceans, but it made me want to go, like sit in front of a bonfire on the lake and listen to this style of music for hours with just like you two and maybe like yeah. my brother or something because he's my other best friend and just sit there and hang out and drink beer and that's my night and I loved it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that the the name of the track kind of matches the feel, mm-hmm. and you get that vibe from it, and and so I thought that was good. Other than that, though, I was just kind of like um, I I wasn't a big fan of it. But I did know that you would like, yeah. This see, th- this is the, this is that
1: kind of uh, like background pretty music that I will pay attention to, but I can pay attention and carry out a conversation with somebody that I'm I I want to talk to, and I like okay, and yeah. I love that. I thought it was. I thought it was
2: gorgeous. Yeah, and yeah, the the music itself, you know, again, uh, looking at the lyrics, because um, lyrically it it kind of brings you to that place of just kind of sitting at the ocean, having a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. just as much as the music does. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these guys do it. They make the match the the music match the lyrics so well, and whether. You know, whether it's the music, you know, just the musicians that are collaborated or specifically a way that, that Maynard pro- helps produce this stuff or, you know, maybe these are ideas he's already got. I don't know. we yeah, we're really Traveler, uh, calloused and sore, Time and Gravity, Followed You Here, Rest My Brother and Tell Me All About the Ocean. So, I mean, it's just... That's just one line. Yeah. Just...
1: This is the one, the one song where I actually intently looked at the lyrics and I thought it was really well written and it kind of, yeah, it kind it, it made me it, so musically it, it did what I, I had already told you guys that I wanted to do. But lyrically I thought of like a, like a shipwrecked pirates ship or something. It's sort of the vibe that I was getting okay. out of what he was writing, yeah. And I thought it was a really, kind
2: of a, a stranded Island type yeah, thing.
1: Yeah. Like uh what's that fucking movie with Tom Hanks? <laughs>
2: Castaway, yeah, Castaway. It was
1: a real Castaway vibe, but with like a a group of like good buddies, I guess is, and they're kind of just reminiscing around a fire about like lost relatives or whatever it may be. And I, I thought it was on all fronts. It was beautifully written, and how you can write a song to have to have a vibe musically and then a lyrical meaning but also it gives you visualization in a different way so there's basically like three different ways to view this song and from what I yep. got is in, it's incredible to me.
2: And still yeah. the ability to do it completely subjectively. Yeah. You can put yourself in there and you can imagine your own way. It's not set in stone in any way.
1: Yep, cuz he does yeah, there's there's no there's no metaphors or there's no like yeah clear lyrics about what he's talking about it's everything is completely subjective which is really cool uh tumbleweed is i have one note this is everything that i want trampled by turtles to sound like and they never do <laughs> <laughs> this is what i want bluegrass to sound like and it doesn't fucking sound like this and that's only because there's a banjo i thought i love well, we I'm have- a
2: sucker for banjos <laughs> You you have a contact that knows those guys. Rich Matson's done their recordings. He's played on stage on Red yep, Rocks with yep. them.
1: I watched that video. Oh my, my god. Name. That was so fucking cool. They have so many songs that are that that are similar to this Tumbleweed song. And yeah. and I don't know if this is considered bluegrass or not, but I would put, you know, again,
2: again, yeah, it's it's playing with these genre types yeah. without setting in stone what it is.
1: I, I think it's really cool that that they can dabble in something as off sounding from everything they did and get it right. Like they really, really got it right. Like this is a beautiful sound for what you would want or what I would personally want any bluegrass band to kind of lean towards. It's that really minor chord sounding banjo and sort of draggy, but it still has that upbeat, um, kind of bluegrass vibe that you would get at one of those shows. And and it's very impressive to me how they can stray so far off the path that like tool was in and go in so many different realms in this album. And then to throw in a fucking bluegrass song and do it better than the (laughs) bands that do it for a living is just mind blowing to me.
0: I like a hundred percent agree with that. I, this song is, I, I love this song like I genuinely loved this song, and it was something that I uh, I was just, especially the first time around, I was like surprised by. I was just like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> like right. I, I guess this is what we're doing with the album," uh, and I thought it was a perfect ender, uh, like literally perfect I cannot think of any track other than this one to completely end out the album and um I yeah I love the the way that it starts because you get this chord and um I don't know if if I can even describe the way that I feel uh, about it but like it's almost like they trick you because the harmony and the singing they do in the beginning it sounds like they're going to be in this major key and it's going to be like really happy and like nice and stuff. And then they switch it up with that minor key or that minor chord in there. And it's Mm. like, Ooh, yes. I love that. Yeah, They they
1: do that little half step to keep you on your toes. It's like, it's like they were saying in the beginning, like you're going to be at peace now. And then they do that half step and it's like, fuck you. (laughs) You're not.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes. I, I loved it. Like I, like, Yeah, this is, like, exactly when when all those bands, like, were blowing up that were, you know, four-piece with, like, just acoustic instruments and, like, stand-up bass, like, basically Mumford & Sons and, like, uh, Lumineers and, like, stuff like that. Like, I was, like, like, this is what I wanted. (laughs) And then, then, like, just like you said, Josh, I mean, it's, like, uh, this kind of style is, like perfect but i'm wondering if it's like if this were the whole album it's like would it be that much would it be as special as it is i don't think so yeah i, I agree so. with
1: that i think that what made it special is that it's so out of the blue and it's yeah. so perfectly done that they don't need to capitalize on the fact that they can do it they can just leave you with yep. it and that's that's enough to fulfill it
2: I think that was part of the, the, the point of making every song a little bit different. Like, you know, it's almost a different genre or different style, every track. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was just like the, like Nate said, this is like the quintessential last song. I mean, if I could, I would play this at, at you know, after the last set of anybody's band on, you know, live mm-hmm. stages. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's perfect. I mean, the, the tone, it's just like, okay, the show is over. Uh, it's just calming you know, calming you down a little bit. And lyrically, it's the same way. Um, it's simple, uh, beautiful, toned very well, but it also just gives you that feeling like, I just had a really good time. I feel good and I'm, I'm ready to go home now.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I it, it took talking about it with you to realize, I'm well, I'm sure you noticed, but I kind of gushed a little more than I thought I would on this album. I think I really fucking like it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, it. It's definitely intriguing me to go in at least one more time, and just see how it sits with me after talking about it. Which only one other album has done that on this podcast, and that Plus was the Animals? Wizard of the Hood. Oh the which one Wizard of the Hood <laughs> I love that. Uh, was
2: that the was that the ICP dude yep Okay. Violent I hated Pays- it check that Pays- one Pays- off, but I
0: hated it and then as I was talking about it I was like God, dang this is <laughs> this is a good album like,
1: uh, <laughs> he texted me like a week after we did the episode and was like well I ordered, I ordered Wizard of the Hood on vinyl
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I think that why, what well, you know, you guys doing this is really good because it, it almost takes somebody to talk to about something to kind of di- gauge a different perspective. Like, yeah. you know, you, you 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 hear something that you know Josh or me had said, and it kind of you know flicks a switch a little bit and makes you think in a little bit different direction and be like, yeah. okay, I can see that now. I can appreciate this side of this music a little bit more. Definitely. Definitely. And that was, that was always one of my favorite parts of being a sound engineer and working with so many different bands and so many different genres. I mean, I did, I've done so many different types of music, you know, and I, and, I, and I have an appreciation for them all, whether I like it musically or not. I have an appreciation for the, for the people who put themselves on stage and actually try and do it. Yeah. So whether I like the music at all, doesn't really matter, especially when I'm doing my job. Sure. But when I listen to something that I like, I just appreciate it even more. When I get to talk to people with 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 you guys, and I get to to see a different perspective, and you know, hear you what you think, and that's why I like listening to you guys as album swaps, even on music that I don't like or albums that I haven't listened to. I get your guys' perspective, and because I know you guys so well, that'll give me a better indication of what to listen to, how to take it. Yeah, you know, give it give it a little bit more than if I would just go into a cold yeah yeah
0: i think overall this album uh first listen i wasn't really so into it second listen it it definitely uh was was hooking me a little bit more into uh you know intrigue um and i was kind of listening to it a little bit as we were talking too just to keep hearing what you guys were saying about the track as well and um i I will say this, it, it's at least going to intrigue me enough to maybe actually do a little bit of a dive into the lyrics rather than very surface level. And I think at that point, I'll, we'll, you know, I'll see how I feel. But I, I think it's, um, as an album, I mean, as a person, I think Maynard is pretty genius. And then this is just a different side of that. And it's just another. <laughs> another part of his like crazy mind that, you know, just will Mm -hmm. forever be baffling. uh, Yep. Absolutely. So
1: Lambo, thank you for, uh, thank you for giving us that album. It was, it was a good one. This was a, this was a fun episode. You really brought the,
2: no, thanks for having me on. This was a good time.
1: You will be back. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, we decided that we will be talking about Metallica
2: is that right yeah i'll let i'll let you guys choose the album because their entire discography changes through time so
0: right it's like it's like lars was okay and then just it gradually got more shitty as the years went on with lars uh somehow i don't i don't know how it it could get any worse than it originally was you sure you want to do a
1: metallica episode
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm game, man. I've yeah I've listened to them. I mean, that was one of my first experiences into music was Metallica. So absolutely,
0: he he. Let, I'll say this: he, Lars got it right on "Kill 'Em All," and then never again did he get it right. So,
2: <laughs> black album wasn't bad.
0: Nope it's it's bad and I, I will time stamp you points where it's bad okay l- let me say this and then we'll end the fucking episode fuck I need to get this off my chest listen li- listen to Blackened the song Blackened yep. and uh, you know the you know the main riff and Josh you don't have to keep this in I guess but honestly keep it in because I want to fucking just say this <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck all's all the, the main riff is you know you know yeah um there and is, he's just
2: got this simple little dude no,
0: the dude the emptiness that's felt when he first comes in so it's you know it has that build up and then and then and then they play the riff, they do it once or twice, and then all he does is do snare and hi hat on each quarter note.
2: Okay, yep, yep, yep.
0: And it sounds so empty and it sounds so garbage. However, I will give him this. There's a nice switch up after the guitar solo, but I feel like Lars did it on accident. <laughs> uh where where it's uh so they come out of the guitar solo and it's like this big build up you know uh they're doing that riff but then Lars is switching up the drum beat um each each cycle of the riff which i think oh, is yeah, really yeah. cool and okay, um, yeah yeah i don't think he ever could I don't think he did it on purpose. And I think, I think, I think that, I think it was just a happy accident as, uh, uh, you know, Bob Ross would say. Um, yeah, that, that's a
1: bird now. uh,
0: There's a part though, (laughs) after they do the, after they do the chorus where there's a consistent double bass, uh, uh, before they go into the black and Eddie. Yeah. Uh, where it's and you can hear it fades out at the end because he can't oh, fucking do it.
2: He can't yeah, do he it. He can't keep it.
0: He literally said, I don't know if it was this song in particular, but a lot of his double bass parts, they had to punch in because he couldn't do it. Yeah. And it's like, there's also really quick and then we'll end it, I promise. And justice for all the song. There are two parts where it sounds like he just fucking f- fell on his drums, and <laughs> and there was no thought to it, and it was just, it's uh it's a uh, it's during the k- kind of chorus part where it's like justice is lost, justice is right, justice is done. Okay, and like, and it goes, and it goes, justice is. <laughs> And he fucking yep. just falls on his goddamn drums, and it's yeah, like it's a... just
2: like a big rash of whatever he can hit. Yeah, my first CD I ever bought, like my own CD of music, I was maybe twelve, thirteen. Portable disc man, remember those days? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I still and, have an uh, iPod too. I know that's way later, but like I still rock the an original. IPod.
2: Well, those are the, the original that had the highest capacity. You can't get anything at that anymore. He
1: never uses
0: it.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> me? Well, I bet I've you it never stays in seen, his never, car at all times. Let me rephrase that. I've
1: never I, yeah, seen him use it. It just looks like every an accessory. single day
0: I use. My I bet iPhone. you it's in his car
1: at all times. I've never, I've never seen it. Day. It's just every time I've hung out with Nate, we go to a bar. You know, people like put their wallet down and <laughs> they put their keys down. Nate puts down his wallet, his keys, and a fucking 2001 iPod. <laughs> <It's so
2: weird. laughs> the iPod. The iPod brick.
0: Yep. This brick baby, yeah, I love it. Anyways, yeah,
2: but my yeah my first album ever was Master of Puppets by Metallica. Okay, and I I think to this day Orion is still one of my favorite instrumental songs. Okay,
1: well now I'm confused on what album but, should
2: we should do. No, I told you, you guys pick. So if you want to do Injustice for All, I'm game. The cool. only reason
1: I want to do that is because Nate brought up two songs on that.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Well. I think it depends on how trashy we want to make it, because you know if we go towards the early <laughs> stuff like ride the ride the lightning or master of puppets, well, okay. a lot of it is going to be more in the positive realm of yes, thrash metal. I agree. To where if we go to the later years, it's going to be more in the negative realm of alternative and new age metal. So how about I, we how about
1: we yeah. do this? How about we don't list an album because fuck that, and we'll just about everyone. Well, we, we, could, we can do, we can do we a specific do that album, that but let's, let's... Well, actually, yeah, we can do that.
0: We can just, we'll figure it out. How about that? And then we'll right. end this episode. It'll be a surprise. And then, uh, before we do that, though, uh, yeah, Lambo will be back. We promise you that. Yes. Um, I hope
2: so. I hope you guys, I hope your listeners enjoy my ramblings.
0: Well, we love you, so that's all that matters.
2: Yeah,
1: that's
0: right.
1: We count for 80% of the listens. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> i'm only one person i can't do that much so
0: um uh pussifer conditions of my parole what do you guys think about it if you listen to it i don't know let us know your thoughts because it kind of uh is intriguing to us anyways yeah um and then uh bad bandmates you know facebook instagram twitter you know everywhere we are um Josh, what do you got to say? Uh,
1: Spotify playlist. We'll put it up after this episode's done with some Pussifer songs. Check it right. out. I, I'm we only have... going to put on my favorites. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that works. I'm, just jo- I'm <laughs> joking. I'm joking.
2: Make sure, you know, tell your listeners, rate, review your podcast, you know, give it the five stars, give you guys some love, but then share the episodes on those social medias too. Mm. You know, if you like an episode, share it on Facebook that helps spread it around to a lot of people that have never seen Nate or Josh or heard of this podcast. So, That's right.
1: That would, be, that your, would help, be really nice. Have your
2: listeners, you know, help you spread the word and, you know, get more people involved. I mean, you can just, you can just cut and paste that into every episode. I was Come just going to say, <laughs> yeah, you just end it with me telling everybody to go listen to it. All your shit. We
1: should have Lambo do like our fucking like ads. on the episodes. Oh yeah. God.
2: I love that.
0: Then we have to start paying them though. So, do you know.
1: what uh do what Lambo <laughs> said and do what <laughs> Nate said and check out the social meds and look for Lambo in the upcoming episodes cuz he will be here and we will be talking about uh Lars Ulrich. <laughs>
2: Basically just him, I think. <laughs> I don't
1: think it's gonna probably be about Metallica. No, boy.
2: there's there's a lot of good of Metallica. They've, there is. They've gone through some shit. There's some good shit. There's, there's, good, there's good of Metallica.
0: Stories but yep, there's plenty. I got a lot to bitch about. So, you know, that's especially
2: as drummers. Yes. Cause drummers focus in on Lulz, Al, Lars Ulrich, like no other drummer in this world. And I think he kind of did that on purpose. Like he's a dick on purpose. God, I hope so. I hate him. <laughs> that's how people um, get, that's how you can get famous.
0: Yeah. He should remember stuck that with, folks, be a should, dick, get famous. He, he should have <laughs> stuck with <laughs> tennis. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, Anything else? Bye, Josh. Bye. (laughs) Bye.